welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. It is September the 12th. Oh, I lied. September 17th, <laughs> 2017. Day after Canelo and Triple G. Um, it's a pretty, looks like semi-bright uh, Sunday morning here on the East Coast. I'm back with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? I'm very angry. <laughs> man. Yeah, this, um... I should be very happy after a great another great weekend of just amazing fights, but instead I'm very angry, and that just makes me angrier. <laughs> um, I think I'm okay. I'm okay, all things considered. My Saturday started off rough because I had to work. And then I worked a closing shift, which is never fun. And then I got off, got a chance to eat. And then, I don't know. Between MMA and boxing and college football, I got my heart broken a lot last night. <laughs> a lot of people I rooted for just didn't pull out for me. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, there, there was a lot, a lot going on yesterday. We had UFC uh, Fight Night 116 in Pittsburgh. Of course, Triple G and Canelo. Uh couple of other like regional MMA uh, events going on there, there were a lot of, of fights just just to throw it out there a lot of KOs um, so this might be a long show we got a lot to get to so I guess uh, we'll jump right into it <laughs> um, MMA has to get pushed to the side uh, Canelo versus Triple G so highly anticipated fight we've been waiting for this since years yeah long it's been a, been a long time coming uh we, we made it through the the mayweather and connor fiasco <laughs> we we got a chance to get to the the, the real fight and um i'd like to i like to point out that the hbo commentary team did everything they could to not bring up mayweather mcgregor <laughs> while constantly bringing up mayweather mcgregor <laughs> man it's weird, like those. It's kind of weird, like these. The fights are tied together, but they're not tied together. But it's yeah, it's it's strange. But uh, it, like they 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 tried to take a shot at it, a shot at it. Like there was an event scheduled last month that was supposed <laughs> to be on August twenty sixth, but ended up happening on August twenty seventh because the fight didn't happen until around midnight, one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, just say their names. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like after I the get, way the fight I, went, I get why. Because like Oscar De La Hoya was like the most upset person in the world that that fight was happening. And it just kind of like took Triple G, um, Canelo's thunder. Yeah, but like, still, come on. Yeah, they should they should have threw shots at him. Cause I mean, this, this fight definitely turned out way better than that one did. Albeit the ending was <laughs> was what it was, um, 
It was weird watching this fight because I, I unintentionally did the opposite of what I normally do. Like, normally when I rewatch fights, I'm muted. I had the fight muted my first time watching this. And I was actually on the phone and I wasn't trying to be rude. And I, <laughs> I didn't want my attention to be too. I was trying to pay attention to my phone conversation. So I actually had the fight muted. And it was weird because. I was watching it muted and I definitely had like it, it, it when it was muted it looked like Triple G was just bodying Canelo for some reason and then I rewatched it this morning with volume and I was like you know what Canelo actually didn't do as bad as I remembered him doing though I can't really say he won either but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so the fight ended up being a draw uh, it was what one fifteen, one thirteen, one fourteen, one fourteen. Uh, yeah, one fifteen, one thirteen for Golovkin. One fourteen, one fourteen draw. And, and then, then, yeah, fucking Adelaide <laughs> Bird scored the fight one eighteen, one ten for Canelo. Yeah, which is um, I mean. <laughs> You could be the most, like, hardcore Canelo stand on earth, and you can't agree with that. Like, this is, it's, just, it's not, it wasn't even physically possible that <laughs> he, he won the fight 118-110. Um, Alright, so I didn't really, like, score individual rounds. I was just too busy being entertained. So, I don't know, I did my own special brand of judging. Took it the, the pride away, just judge it as a whole. Um... I thought Canelo did pretty good in probably like the first quarter of that fight. Maybe like rounds one through three slash four-ish. Um, not a ton of output, but I thought he landed a lot of the cleaner shots. And his defense was pretty good. Uh, Golovkin walked him down a lot, but I felt like in the first couple of rounds, like he, he, he probably threw more, but I thought Canelo landed the cleaner and harder shots. I thought he was a bit more efficient. So uh, I guess I was kind of willing to swing some of those earlier rounds in his favor. But that that entire like middle <laughs> portion of the fight. And I heard somebody else say this, like Canelo fought in like spots. Yeah, it, like he would have these he would have and not to take away from his performance because the spots he had were good. Like he would have these really good flurries of. Where he would land some pretty good shots. He was doing pretty good body work. Um, he he caught. I can't remember what round he caught Triple G with a flush right hand. And Does he caught a couple <laughs> times. Like I, I will say this. Like I, I um off the bat, I scored the fight eight four for Glovkin. Uh, one sixteen, one twelve. But um, all the hardest, most like accurate shots in this fight came from Canelo. Yeah. Because there was, honestly, he landed like two or three, like, just stiff uppercuts. Like, the type that put Kirkland down. There was that right hand that he landed that turned, like, Ganella's head all the way around. But like you said, he was fighting in spots. Yeah, it was... I'm trying to think of, like, an MMA equivalent of this fight. Well, I guess just to continue on, but... Yeah, like, that, that middle... Kind of like that middle portion of the fight. It was a lot of... Triple G just walking him down. <laughs> like, he stayed in Canelo's face. 
and jabbed he, at him. Yeah, jabbed at him. He was way more active than Canelo was. Um, Canelo had a few spots towards the latter half of the fight. Like I think in like I can't remember if it was round nine or ten. Like he came out guns blazing. He didn't waste any time. But it was also just like a spot. Like it would be like the first minute, first like forty five seconds to a minute where he would come out and just have a nice violent spurt. <laughs> And then he would just kind of play defense, kind of put his back against the ropes. And it just, uh, I don't know, man. It was it was one of those fights where either you score it for efficiency, I guess, on Canelo's part, or you score it for aggression and volume in, in favor of Triple G. And, I mean, I'm all about good defense. I'm all about good head movement and clean shots, but... It just it just wasn't enough. Like there just wasn't. If his output, I felt like we said this about an MMA fight last week. Like I could have gave him. Well, I'd feel comfortable giving him this fight. Literally, if he just would have put his foot on the gas a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it's like the Shevchenko. Yeah, uh, yeah. In this fight, but less violent. Yeah, like if he just would. I mean, more violent, but yeah. yeah. Like he he landed good shots, but they were. They were just kind of few, far in between. So it's like. I guess I could kind of see somebody giving him a few rounds here and there, but for the whole fight, yeah, I don't know. And, yeah, 118, 110, yeah, that's, yeah, you got to get out of here with that. I don't know what. Yeah, so, <laughs> Canelo, like, so, don't let it get a bit lost that Canelo, the young, the much younger, um, much, can I say much less battle-worn, Fighter, because uh, Golovkin has like is like thirty five and has three hundred fifty four hundred amateur fights under his belt. Yeah. I think Canelo. I think Canelo said he had like twenty five before he went pro or something. Or no, it was like fifty. So yeah, um, the, the Canelo's not a three a three minute fighter. That's the thing. He, he's just not, and that's part of the reason. Like I did, I didn't. Think the like, like the uh, the Jacobs fight, the Golfin Jacobs fight would tell us much about this fight uh, about this fight because like he can move like he can move like with his feet like he upper body movement wise he, he's one of the best in the business like yeah like it, it, he'll slip and roll with the best of them and parry but um when it comes to, like with his feet he's a plotter he is slow he he he's not gonna dance. He, he he did for like at the beginning of this fight, like the first three rounds, like you're saying, like he he was dancing, he was moving, he was like he he walked Glovkin down a bit. Then the fourth round hit, hit, and then and then all of a sudden he's on the ropes, letting Glovkin like march him down, like land and Glovkin probably could have done more with him on the ropes, but it's not like he wasn't landing, like he was landing and he was landing hard and he was landing with the jab especially. Uh, and he lets him do that for like five rounds, like from the fourth to the eighth round. Like I don't see an argument for Glovkin losing one of those rounds. Uh, like, and, and you can hear it in his corner with his cornerman just begging him to stay off the ropes. <laughs> and oh my, I, like he picked up a bit in the ninth round. Like he had that spurt at the beginning of the round. And um, down the stretch, it was but down the stretch it was all Glovkin. 
like he was throwing, he was landing a bit, but Glovkin was the one initiating. He was landing more at, towards the end of the round. Um, I, I still gave that round to Canelo. Like, that's one of the four rounds I gave him. That and the 12th, I yeah. think. Yeah, the 12th, but, they just kind of slugged it out. Yeah, and I, I, I think I just ended up giving it to Canelo. Um, but, like, rounds, like I said, I had round one I gave to Glovkin because it was a fill-out round, and I, he landed more with the jab. Um, I gave four to eight to, to Glovkin, and I ended up giving ten and eleven to Glovkin, too. So, like, uh, and I'm not against Canelo's style of fighting, like, at all, but where you're just, like, like fighting in retreat, and, like, there's, there's a ring generalship to that, but only if you're, like, landing consistently. Yeah. Like, okay, he lands the uppercut as Glovkin is reaching up with, like, with the right hand, but... Okay, what else? Because what happens 15 seconds later is Glovkin touches him with a few jabs, lands the right hand, and then Canelo circles out of the corner. Like, you have to fight three minutes to get... Uh, you don't have to fight three minutes, but if the other guy is pressuring and throwing and landing more, yeah, you're going to have to do... You're going to have to fight three-minute rounds. And... It's really weird because, like you said, like Canelo was doing great body work, especially early. I think he got away from that in the middle rounds, and that's what cost him. But he was landing to the like everything he threw early was to the body. While Glovkin was out there head hunting, and um, I, 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 I that was the, my route to victory for him was go to the body early. He's thirty, like Glovkin's thirty five, thirty six years old. He's not very fast to begin with. If you can slow him down, or if you can like to eat away at him early, like he'll slow down eventually. And it ended up Canelo was the one who gassed. Yeah. Yeah, especially like that stretch from like yeah, starting like six to like nine. You could tell Canelo was just kind of. I don't think he was. Yeah, I don't think he was fighting on fumes, but <laughs> he considerably slowed down. Uh, like let's put it like this: like the rounds, like we're like the rounds I gave him the round nine and round twelve. And even in 10, 11, like, he still only fought maybe, like, a minute, minute and a half in each of those rounds. Like, he spent the rest of the time resting. Right. So. Yeah, it was. Make it that what you will. But I guess I don't, as as wild as the decision was, um, it was was still a really awesome fight. I was was thoroughly entertained. Because the. That was the third best fight I've seen this year. Yeah, like... Because even though his, he had these little small spurts, those spurts were really good. Yeah. And and not to undersell either, both of these guys were landing some really, at moments, some really flush shots that if they were to land on other people, probably would kill them. <laughs> both of these dudes have some pretty mean chins that... Yeah, like, I don't get how nobody even, like, dropped to a knee at one point. Especially, like, that right hand Canelo landed on Triple It was so flush. <laughs> and Triple G just ate it. Like, it was, he just ate it like it was nothing. But, yeah, I just, I had a feeling when this went to decision. I was like, this is, it's either going to be a split decision or just something wild is going to happen. But I did not envision 118 to 110. That wasn't what, 
<laughs> I did I didn't see that. That that caught me. That caught me way left field. Yeah. But um so fight ends in a draw. I I, I guess I'm not surprised. You you get a rematch out of this. I mean I feel like at this point you have to do a rematch. Um and as much as I, I would say Triple G won, I, at the same time, they run this back. I'm definitely back in front of the TV. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to complain about them running this back again. But, um... I just, I'm curious how much this takes from each guy, you know? Like, like we said, uh, like I said, Glovkin's 35, 36 years old. Does he have another one of these? Like, does he have another one of these in him? Yeah, because he... Canelo's been fighting since he's been, he was 15 years old. That's 12, 13 years of being a professional fighter. Does he have another one in him? Like, yeah. I, th- I, think, I think both of them, though, will want that, that next yeah. one. Because yeah. you, you don't want to... No, nobody likes draws. It's, I feel like most fighters almost take a draw like a loss. It's like, well, well he's still got his belt, so he might feel different, but... <laughs> But you know, yeah, you, you wanna you wanna get a finish or like a definitive win, and at least have the judges scored in your favor. But I don't know. Um, it's gonna be a lot of pissed off. Well, I don't say there will be. There are a lot of pissed off people. I watched the I watched the Tutty Atlas rant this morning. <laughs> I watched the Stephen A. Smith rant this morning, and yeah, Twitter Twitter definitely wasn't wasn't happy about this either. Um, it's just like it's either blatant incompetency or it's blatant like like uh corruption yeah that was actually what Teddy said he, he uh, I can't remember the other guy's name the other guy asked him like what did you think of this fight and he was like corruption in boxing <laughs> that, was, that was his answer <laughs> uh, and if you if people out there want to know about um how it's not as I want to say it's not as blatant as it seems, like corruption when it comes to judging. But if you want to know how uh, how corrupt the system is for judging, there's a good article on it on second out uh, secondout.com by uh, Thomas Hauser called "Conflicts of Interest." Go give it a read. It's really good. It's really good journalism. In an age where journalism is uh... a... <laughs> That's a whole uh, other argument. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I think combat sports journalism is getting better. Maybe not in boxing, because uh, like, if you talk to a lot of those guys, a lot, a lot, for a lot of them, this is like a second, third job. Hmm. Yeah, so... MMA, MMA, though, there's some... Terrific guys out there doing work. Kareem Zidane is my favorite. Uh, he covers I, uh, Eastern European slash Russian slash Central Asian MMA and like the geopolitical uh, ramifications of it all. He was actually on the uh, the, the Real Sports uh, piece they did on um, Katarov, oh. Chechen dictator slash warlord slash MMA promoter. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so, there's... so there's some good stuff out there. It just gets bogged down by all the um, Ken Ronda Rousey beat a man 
<laughs> well, I'm pretty sure this fight is going to generate, I ain't going to say some think pieces, but yeah, we're about to get some strong opinion articles probably within like the next, there's probably being one written right now, literally, as you're listening to this, but awesome fight though, man. I, I get it, uh, decision wasn't probably what it should have been, but um, don't it, let it cloud yeah. the amazing fight. Yeah, because that, that, this was a fight that was hyped up for a long time. And I I was really pleased with what I saw. Like this, this wasn't like the Mayweather fight where like I was entertained, but I kind of didn't like what I saw. But somehow it was, it, it was just like a spectacle. But this was like a legit, you know, you got to saw two of the the best just go at it and have a really really entertaining fight. So great hey, man. great year for boxing. Like look at all the fights we've gotten this year. Anthony Joshua Klitschko, uh, Gonzalez runs beside, like, Kel Brook versus er- Errol Spence, uh, Triple G, uh, Jacobs, Ward Kovalev 2. I don't know if it's happening this year, but, um, the Lomachenko has another fight lined up, I think. He's fight, he's fighting Guillermo Rigondeau, fellow two-time Olympic gold medalist, and pound for pound, one of the best boxers in the sport, and pound for pound, one of the most... I want to say underappreciated boxers in the sport who got fucked, basically fucked over by who was it, top rank? Because they, they couldn't fucking sell. Because they found, they found out, like most people who, like most sports teams out right now, Florida's a shit place to try to do business for sports teams. And they, Signed him thinking they could get a Cuban audience, but they couldn't. So, well, that fight, uh, I, yeah, I didn't see if it has a date or anything, but December ninth at MSG. I'm going oh. to, I'm going to try my ass off to be there. All right, see. So boxing's by <laughs> keeping the year going, keeping the year going with good fights. But yeah, Triple G Canelo, man, awesome fight. Uh, but one eighteen to one ten, you got it. You got to calm down. Uh, Mr. Bird, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta go somewhere with that. But it, it, it is what it is. We'll, we'll get a rematch, and we'll probably <laughs> be having the same discussion sometimes next year. Um, but yeah, so it's probably gonna be Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But aside from boxing, um, we had that awesome fight. And then we had UFC Fight Night 116, which took place in Pittsburgh, uh, headlined by Luke Rockhold and David Branch. And my God, man, um, it's always the cards that lack in like star power in terms of names, but they deliver on the violence. And I'm looking at this uh, card: KO, TKO, TKO, decision, decision, KO, submission, KO, KO. <laughs> <laughs> well, what it is is just good, solid matchmaking and um, guys out there trying to prove that, like, pr- like make a name for themselves. Yeah, and a-, a lot of people, this card gave you everything, man. Like, you got people who we haven't seen in some time come back and, you know, I guess return to form. We got to see some kind of up-and-comers really put stamps <laughs> on their name. We got some pretty vicious KOs all over this card. Um, it's a lot of good fights. From top to bottom, man, this card was great, but 
If it wasn't for Darren Elkins just being like a badass motherfucker, we'd have the um, we'd have comeback of the year on this right. Card. Yeah, we'd have comeback of the year. We we got a runner up, but yeah, the Elkins probably still takes the cake. But uh, starting from the top, man, uh, we haven't seen Luke Rockhold in God knows how long. <laughs> Fifteen uh, months. Yeah, it feels like it's been so much longer. But it's for some. I will say we probably haven't seen like the best Luke Rockhold in like uh when was when when did he fight Machida? I don't know. It's funny because the UFC posted that video for one of their free fights and like I guess promotion for this fight. But, uh, yeah, that was like two years, two and a half years ago. That was the be- that was the last time we saw like an actual prime Luke Rockhold because both him and Chris Weidman did not look good in their like UFC 194 fight. Like they both kind of looked like, fry, uh, like I don't want to say broken fighters, but like there was something wrong. Yeah, uh, and, and then he got one touched by Bisbing. Not a good sign. Had a, <laughs> I had a debate about that fight yesterday. I'm not gonna get into it though. Y'all gonna stop saying Bisbing was a fluke with that punch. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> Bisbing's not a fluke. Who Rockhold just is chinny. <laughs> But, uh, Luke Rockhold, David Branch, um, it's a good fight, man. And, uh, as a fan, this fight hurt me. I'm I'm an avid David Branch supporter. As everyone is. And, um, he looked really good in the first round, man. Uh, And it's, it's sad to say because out of all of his UFC performances, at least, like, since he's been back, this has probably been the best he's looked, but it was a losing effort. Um... Definitely probably the most entertaining one because his uh, fight with uh, uh, Jocko wasn't really all all that much to write home about. But he came out really aggressive. I um, think he did a lot of things right in that first round. Luke Rockhold is one of those dudes where if if, if you stand at range and you let him get those kicks off, it's not going to be a good night for you. <laughs> and Branch did a good job, I thought, in the first of just kind of getting in Rockhold's face, not really letting him get off too much of an offense. Um, he had a, actually a nice little spurt where he, he, I don't know if he really rocked Rockhold, but he, he definitely woke him up a bit and had him up against the cage. He was throwing some uppercuts. He, he kind of, you know, let Rockhold know that this is not going to be, you know, just some he easy fight. Him. Yeah, like he, yeah, he, he was, legitimately hurt Rockhold. Yeah. He was putting in work, man, and then they, he had him up against the cage and the clinch. Like he, he was doing a lot of things just right in that first round that, if he could have kept doing, you know, might have might have won him the fight. You know, he, he probably could have eked out a decision or something like that. But um, uh, Rocco's a stud, man. This, this dude, it, it just seemed like that first round. I don't know if maybe it was just ring rust or maybe he just didn't expect Branch to be so aggressive but yeah it just seemed like that first round man Rocco was just kind of sleepy like <laughs> he just kind of wasn't there and then Branch was putting it on him but uh yeah that second round uh Rocco woke up and I can't remember what because I actually didn't uh my feelings were going to be hurt so I didn't rewatch this fight I'll throw that out there too but uh all I remember in the second round is uh I know Rocco started to get off a little more he got he got some of those kicks off Branch you know, was still attempting to be aggressive, still attempting to clinch. Um, but Rockhold's one of those guys where if he takes you down and he gets on top of you, 
<laughs> you're probably done. Yeah. Like, he's a big... I mean, Branch is a pretty, you know, it's not like Branch is a small middleweight by any uh, stretch, but... He looks like a welterweight. Yeah. Rockhold is a, it's a big man. <laughs> and he uh he got Branch down, and once he got that mount, I was just like, oh no, this, this is not going to be good. And he proceeded to uh pummel <laughs> David Branch, for lack of a better term. I mean, he, he got mount, he pummeled him, he took his back and continued to pummel him, and then he got Branch flattened out, and it was just, it was one of those say-uncle positions where, like, you just, even if you're not really being hurt, hurt, at the same time, you have, there's no defense, you can't get away from these strikes, you can't, you can't advance position and, like, there's just nothing you can do, he got flattened, there was no way out. Luke was just lighting him up on the ground with ground and pound. And, yeah, Branch was forced to, to tap the strikes. And <laughs> I love GSP, but I, I loved Rockhold's post-interview. <laughs> He's just telling him, like, get out of here. Like, you don't you don't belong up here. Dude, that was so <laughs> terrible. I loved it. <laughs> You want to know why it was terrible? You know who he forgot to mention? The man who knocked him out. Right. <laughs> Did not say his name once, and Bisbing let him know it on, like, Twitter. And I'm not sure if he, did on the, if he was on the Fox, the Fox desk last night. But I imagine he would do it there, too. Yeah, that was funny. Because he kept saying, like, get out of here, GSP, this is my fight. But, yeah, he didn't, yeah, he did not say Bisbing's name at all, which... It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's it's weird. <laughs> but, I don't know. I just thought it was funny how, like, he just had this, like, disregard for DSP and just kind of, like, shoot out of here. Like, get out of here, kid. Like, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't work for me because, like, you disappeared for 15 months. Yeah. After getting knocked out. After getting, not just, not, not, not knocked out, just one touch. Like, literally, one touch by Michael Bisbing. Oh man! So but, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> I guess also Gegard Mousasi would have beat him last night. Definitely. God, I forgot he's in the belt. Oh, Jesus Christ! He's fighting Shlomenko, so there's that. That should be fun. Yeah, that'd be entertaining. He could be fighting Rockhold though. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he was supposed to be the one who fought him. That was supposed oh, to be him last night. Yeah, That's that... why I brought it up. That would have been such a good fight, too. Like, God, the UFC, what are you guys doing? But, <laughs> nonetheless, um, not, 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 I'm going to say not a, a great rock hold performance. I thought he looked a little bit slow in that first round, but um, definitely showed he can come back from adversity. Definitely showed if he takes you down, um, bad things will probably happen to you. Yeah. And, I mean, like, for what it's worth, he's... Like, like, seriously, how many... I, Maybe Kane and John Jones, but who is better from like top control than Luke Rockhold right now? Yeah, like, and he was passing guard like with ease, right? <laughs> he was just like it was just at will. He just kind of did what he wanted. Uh, he and... literally just flowed from half guard to mount with like, like it was like that. Yeah. But 
good good win for him though. And I mean, he was ranked. I think he's ranked number three. Yeah. So he, I don't know if he moves up or down, but he he he's right back now in that you know title contention. He's he's pretty much just right back in the picture at this point. Duke Rocco, Yo Romero. That's what I want. Give it to me. I'm kind of, I'm kind of mad we still never got him and Jockery again, but yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not mad at him and Romero either. I think that would that would be an awesome fight. Uh, Jack Ray doesn't want to fight for a while, if I remember right. Like he he's taking the rest of 2017, beginning of 2018 off. I can I can see why his his last few. He he took some some bruises. Yeah, <laughs> his last few fights. So yeah, he he's earned that time off. But, but like that that's kind of like a symptom of. It's been 2017 in the UFC, and is I, I think we haven't noticed this. There's just normally so much going on, but like, it's been a, an interesting year in MMA, especially after 20 uh, 2016, where we had like Amanda Nunes and Stipe Miocic and like Connor and uh, Wonder Boy like duking it out for um, Fighter of the Year, like. Who's your fight of the year in 2017? Hmm. Um. Like probably. My, I guess Mighty Mouse. I guess. And he's even fought only once this year. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's oh. fighting. Oh, they rescheduled Mighty Mouse Borg for UFC to 15, 16, 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To 16. But, uh, like, there has not been a lot of guys just going on runs. You know what I mean? Stipe fought once. Uh, Holloway, who is probably my number one, number two, has only fought once. Uh, Edgar's fought twice. He's beat Stevens and he, he beat Rodriguez. Um, Robert Whitaker is probably my number one right now. And he's not going to fight again this year. Uh... Yoannis only fought once this year. Overeem's fought twice, but <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to think of guys who picked up like high-profile wins twice this year. Hold on, Co- Cody and Cruz was this year, right? No, no it was in it was, uh, was it year? was December 31st, 2016. Oh man, wow! So okay. Cody so... Gar—that's another thing. Cody Garbrandt, Dominic Cruz, T.J. Dillashaw, and John Lineker haven't fought this year. Like yeah, actually, you know what? If I was to say fight, no, I, I actually I would say Whitaker because I think Whitaker, his last two wins were against Jacare and Romero. Jacare, yeah, that's that's a really those are and that was those are both this year, right? Yep. Yeah, that's that's a mean run, and in fights that he like dominated, or clear, clearly won both fights. Well, definitely Jacare because he finished it, but. Yeah, I, I'd say toss-up between Mighty Mouse or, or Whitaker. I wouldn't be mad at either of those. But yeah, you're, you're right, though. Like, those... They're both really good runs, but it's not like... Like... Yeah, my, it's just different. My criteria is normally that, like, you have to have... Because the, the thing is, like, normally... There's at least one fighter that'll pick up, like, three really high-profile wins. Last year, it was, like... There were two or three of them. Like, Stipe did it. Um, uh, Nunes did it. Um, Wonder Boy almost did it, but this year it's been like there's like no momentum for anybody. 
Like, Tony Ferguson is about to have his first fight of the year. That's crazy. <laughs> That's wild. I, I guess we can add, like, Kevin Lee. He's 2-0 if he beats Ferguson. Like, why not, you know? Yeah. But, but it's, it's been an interesting... Yeah, n not runs, but just a lot of weird storylines. <laughs> a lot of... I, I do think, though, I think this card shows it. A lot of young guys, I think, this year yeah. have really, like, came on strong and made names for themselves. Um, I guess you can add this next fight <laughs> somewhat to that list. Um, well, not young in terms of age, but just in terms of, like, how long they've been in the UFC. So we got a uh, co-main event, which was, what, a two-day replacement or one week, something like uh, that? Uh, yeah, I want to say it was, like, two days. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, props to Alex Reyes yeah, for taking this fight on extremely short notice um, against Mike Perry. Um, Reyes, is is he the older brother uh, of uh, Dominic? I can't remember. Let's see how old he is. He is 30 years old, so I'm assuming he's older. Yeah, I'm going to say he's older. And he's also a lightweight. Um, which is, yeah, weird. His brother is a 205 <laughs> Um His brother is also extremely talented. Um Shade. <clears throat> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I mean, Reyes, he did good in like in in spurts because uh, Perry's one of those dudes where I feel like when you fight Perry, you know what's you know what you're gonna yeah. get. He's gonna march you down and he's just gonna headhunt until you drop. And Reyes, I thought, and and this fight lasted all of what a minute and nineteen seconds. So. It was kind of hard to even judge, but he, in spurts he did good of kind of just sticking and moving and not getting too overwhelmed, but that didn't last very long. Um, I think, I can't remember if Perry caught him with a right. He he stunned him with something. He he, he got his attention. And then, because uh, Reyes is, I believe, a natural lightweight, correct? Yes. And I think, yeah, I think he was in the middle of training camp and just kind of took this fight, which, once again, props to him. Not only did you take a fight, like, on a couple days' notice, you're going up a weight class against a very strong... Uh, Powerful. Welterweight, yeah. So, but I just, I think you could tell, like, he, he rocked Rez, and then when they got against the cage, just, Perry just seemed so much stronger than he was. And he just kind of muscled him around, and he got those knees working, and, uh, yeah, he, he kneed Rez in the face, and that was pretty much all she wrote um i mean i guess ranking wise i guess it doesn't really do much for perry it's kind of just another it's another highlight on your reel uh, so to speak and then he goes to call out the uh, i was about to say dominic cruz <laughs> he goes to call out robbie lawler um after the post fight but yeah not not a whole lot to dissect from this fight honestly cause it, it just didn't really last that long yeah um uh, yeah, there's really not a lot to talk about. Like, Perry be the guy who came in on two days' notice. Like, he, he did an extremely violent fashion. Like, we know he, he is capable of doing. Um, I don't know how the lower fight works out for him. Because, I, I honestly, like, I'm hesitant with lower and punchers now because lower has always been hittable and we don't really know where his chin's at anymore. Um,. I'd favor Waller, but 
Um, they might do the Santiago Ponzinibbio fight. To uh, that, that'd be like a nice little break in between. Or them, or they might uh-huh. just do the Elvis fight again, like they wanted to do. Yeah, I feel like that would be a good fight. I wouldn't be mad at the Ponzi fight either, though. I think Ponzi beats him. If he if he if he can survive <laughs> that early overhand right, yeah, I, I think Ponzi will be able to take yeah. him. But a, a lot of props to Reyes though. Like that's that's a very just difficult task all around. Like your first UFC fight, you're fighting an up and comer who's just kind of been out here murking people for the most part. You go up a weight class, like little nothing worked in your favor. Yeah, like, like, there, there was <laughs> like, and apparently Reyes, Reyes' like best skill set is his wrestling. If I'm a, to understand what they were saying on like broadcast, like Perry's a really athletic dude. Uh, uh, don't let like the whole brawler thing like fool you. He is one of the most athletic dudes at welterweight. It, he is not easy to get down at all. It, yeah. Just like being a 155er coming on two days, and I was like, "That's just no." Like, uh, uh, your your best bet is like a miracle home run knockout. Yeah, and against Perry, you might <laughs> you might not happen unless you're just an extreme, you know, power puncher. But, um. Props to him, though, man. Props to him and his brother. Um, hopefully we get to see more of Alex maybe in his next fight, which will hopefully be at be at lightweight. Because I feel like it's not it's not even like a fair metric to judge him on because we didn't really get to see anything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely be keeping an eye on him. Um, definitely keep an eye on his brother because, like I said, anybody at 205 who does anything remotely good, I root for. So, um, yeah, shout-outs to both of them. Uh, and... That's for Mike Perry, another 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 highlight reel uh, KO, pretty much. Um, this next fight, <laughs> um, I missed this fight last night. Actually, I didn't see it until this morning. Uh, Anthony Smith and Hector Lombard. Um, <laughs> I feel like Lombard just has these moments where, like fights that he should win and is fully capable of winning. Sometimes he wins them, sometimes he doesn't, and this was one of those nights where he he was winning a, a very sizable portion of this fight, and then he got slept. Yeah. <laughs> and, was, yeah. and props to Anthony Smith, man, because he, he had to withstand a, a pretty mean barrage. I mean, he the fight was competitive throughout, but you could tell, like, Hector was clearly landing the harder shots. He was chewing... Uh, Anthony's leg God, he up. looked good. Uh, like that's the thing. Like uh, it's the thing. Like Hector's on this four fight winning streak, uh, losing streak, but he's looked good before he's been absolutely trounced at the end. Right. Like, he looked good against Magny, and then he gassed, and then Magny beat on for two rounds. He looked good against Henderson. Then he got knocked down in the second round after th- getting his after catching a leg kick or something, and just getting back elbowed. And then like. He looked good against Hendricks, and but he just could He just got out of work. So like, and then he looks good here, and then all of a sudden, Anthony Smith wakes up and just pounces on him. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was weird because like, we all know Lombard has like the the T Rex T Rex arms going on, and he still like managed to cover distance really good in this fight. He was 
landing some bombs, some some really nasty like overhand rights, and it it looked like the fight was gonna be one of those fights where it's just like you're looking at Anthony and it's like, dude, if you don't do something, you you might get yourself killed in there, and like you're making it competitive, but he's clearly getting the better of pretty much every exchange, and yeah, third round he just wakes up and <laughs> props to Anthony. He is now on a three-fight win streak, all finishes, and he's overall he's only lost one fight in the UFC. Uh, Cesar, but hey, sub thirty middleweights know. getting wins, like whoop whoop. Right. Well, <laughs> it's worth noting. Like Anthony, um, it had two prior fights in the UFC before his current run, where he got submitted by Antonio Braganetto and uh, Roger Gracie. Uh, he's uh, he's come a yeah. ways. <laughs> he's he's come a ways, and I mean I get it. Lombard has been on a, you know, not not the best streak <laughs> as of late, but like that that's still a solid name to have on your resume, and I think it shows a lot that you can. I think comeback wins always show a good side of a fighter that you can come back from adversity in a fight that you you know kind of getting getting abused <laughs> pretty much. Like really and just, bad for uh. Lombard. Let me let me pull his record up. What has been going on with? Well, he Jesus he got Christ. caught for anabolic steroids. He came back and then he he starts his four fight skid. But like his last win was against Jake Shields three years ago. Yep, two thousand fourteen. Man, man, oh man, oh man, I forgot that elbow from Hendo. <laughs> yeah man he's talk about series of unfortunate events like <laughs> his, his last yeah these last four fights have just been rough just and it's weird because like you look at him fight and i get it he's close to like 40 years old but like athletically he can still compete with the best of them and he's always like one punch away from winning a fight but unfortunately, he's also one punch away from losing one, and yeah, it's it's weird. He's had one of the strangest, like out of all the guys who came over from Bellator, like his trajectory has just been so weird to watch how his career has played out. It's oh man, but great great win for Anthony. That's that's a really good name to have on your resume yeah. and a emphatic finish. Um, man, speaking of finishes. God, this next fight, which I kind of missed this last night. I had to watch this again this morning. Uh, Gregor Gillespie and Jason Gonzalez. Talk about just from the start. <laughs> like, no time wasted at all. Like, Gonzalez came out and was just throwing hands in leather. He landed some really good head kicks. Um, Yeah, man, these dudes just, just threw down. But I think it ultimately came down to... Uh, Gillespie seemed just a bit more well-rounded, and he was getting those takedowns just like at will. And I, I like guys who go for takedowns and just like just don't quit at getting them. Like he was blasting to get takedowns and just wasn't stopping till he got them. And I just think the groundwork was ultimately, yeah, pretty much like the deciding factor. I mean, on the feet, they both held their own. They both were rocking each other. Like I said, Gonzalez was landing some pretty good, good kicks. But it just seemed like once it went to the ground, Gillespie had the, 
advantage and yeah he got that arm triangle choke in <clears throat> and it was pretty tight it was, it was definitely tight and but it was a good just two rounds of, of just violence <laughs> just two rounds of straight violence from both these dudes and i think gillespie's what like 10 and 0 yeah. now yeah so props to him 10 and 0 overall and in the ufc he is currently uh 3 and 0 so once again in a division at lightweight which is just even outside of the top 15 it's <laughs> killers everywhere you look just ridiculous yeah. talent from top to bottom Wait, the um the failed double leg into the standing elbow that he hit in the first round was just beautiful <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it hurt. It obviously, got hurt the shell of Gonzalez because he drops like, like he just been shot. But um, like Gillespie's really freaking small. Like he's listed at five nine, but like he is, he has a really small frame for a lightweight. It's really bizarre watching him go in there for like a guy like Jason Gonzalez, who is admittedly big. He's six two. But they looked like they were like two wave classes apart. <laughs> and then you see him just go in there and just like get in on double legs and just like turn like the like like the angles you turn for double legs are normally like subtle. Like he was just like turning him like ninety degrees before like just running through with them. At one point he picks him up and slam him. I want to say they came in like the second round. But, um, yeah, no, like, Gillespie was a dude that I was really excited to see back when he was in, like, Ring of Combat. Um, I know he's had some, like, knee problems or something like that, but apparently they're not bothering them anymore. Was it knee or spine problems? Because I think he has, like, a scar on his spine or something. But, I, I, like, the striking seems to be coming along, at least the offensive part. Because he got... All up in uh, Gonzalez's face. Like, even when he got hit, he got dropped, I want to say, twice. And even when he got hit, he refused to back down, and he stepped, He kept coming forward. Uh, he's still really green. Like, really, really green. Uh, how long has he been fighting? He's been fighting for, like, three years. That's it. Not shabby. Yeah. <laughs> Not shabby at all. A little old. He's a little on the older side for lightweight at 30, but like he doesn't have. Uh, besides the surgery, he doesn't have a whole lot of um wear and tear. So, like he's one of the lightweight prospects to look out for, and maybe one day he ends up at featherweight or something. But yeah, man, good, great, great performance from both those guys, man. Like just wildly entertaining fight um lord this next fight this was one of the most vicious KOs <laughs> man uh Kamaru Usman and Sergio Marias so um Usman is a it's a scary gentleman yeah. a very a very scary intimidating just physically dominant human being um I'll actually start off this uh, giving props to Sergio, who 
was more than willing to actually throw with Usman and landed some pretty good shots actually. Um, he 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 was not afraid to trade, even though it seemed like Usman was definitely just the, the stronger dude. Um, he dropped him at one point, not not the ending punch, but he dropped him before that, didn't he? I believe. Um, who Moraes? Usman. Usman um, dropped him. I don't know. I, I, I can't. Remember. I thought before the KO he dropped him before. I can't remember. Either either way, they they both, you know, were pretty much trading with each other. Um. Sergio, like I said, was Sergio, who's like a pretty much a ground specialist. So I just thought it was kind of surprising to see him not be shy to throw hands. <laughs> but you know, he, he stood in there, he traded, but in the end, um, trading with Usman is probably not a great idea. Um, his nickname, the Nigerian Nightmare, probably is very well earned. <laughs> um, I think he had threw a left and then a right to end the fight, and like the the right hand was so hard that Sergio like he he did like a tuck and roll when he got KO'd, like his body folded, and then he literally like rolled on his head, and yeah, it, oof. Yeah, no, it, it, that was Usman's first uh, knockout since coming to the UFC. He hasn't finished anybody since he won the um. The Ultimate Fighter for uh, Black Zillions at Tough Twenty One, where he beat up, where he submitted Hitter Hassan. He has not shown that type of power before, and and it seemed pretty clear from the outset that he wanted that knockout because he, yeah, he was head hunting. He was head hunting. He he was like, plant his. He was planting his feet. He got tagged a bit because of it. Like Moresh landed some really solid shots. Before he got knocked out, um, but no, he 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 was on a mission for that, punch. and I'm really happy for him because like I, since basically since he, um, before he got to UFC, I'm like this dude's going to be like a top five welterweight. He's going to fight for a title eventually, and he's kind of just blowing my expectations because like immediately after Tough, he fought um, Leon Edwards. And that was a fight that was he he did take him down, but he outstruck Edwards, and he outstruck uh, Yakola, uh, Yakovlev, and he outstruck Alves, and he outstruck Strickland. Like he is getting better at an astonishing rate, and it's awesome to see because I think he's going to be a guy who's going to fight for the title. Yeah, he's. I feel like next his next fight you gotta give him a name. Like it has to be somebody in the top ten, top seven. Yeah. Like Yeah, 'cause it, this dude, he he he's scary. And he, he's fun to watch. <laughs> like you just never at a moment's notice, you you just never know what this guy's gonna do. And he's just so physically dominant. Like yeah, we we gotta give him a he top called, 10, he, he a called top out 10. RDA, um considering RDA was the backup plan for the last welterweight title fight. I don't think that's going to happen. I think RDA is probably a lot closer to the title fight than we think. Um, I don't like. I I don't know. Like, Maya and Covington are booked. I doubt they're going to give him Ponzinibbio because I think they want to do Ponzinibbio in Argentina and they're going to give him somebody who's going to strike with him or someone who can't, someone whose game plan won't involve like taking them down. Um, it's not there. 
I know he's not top ten. I wouldn't mind seeing him in uh him and Cowboy. Yeah. I think that would be a really yeah. good fight. Cowboy needs a oh Cowboy's fighting Till. Uh, tell. Oh lord. Yeah. No no Till Til, I thought Till. No 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 not Cerrone Cowboy. Oh the other uh, one. Vera, yeah. Yeah but yeah that, no that'd be really good. Yeah I think that would be a, a pretty fun fight. Two very physically imposing. <laughs> Posing people, it, it would be nice to see that battle. But yeah, U- Usman's career can go nowhere but up. Like this, this guy, he, he's scary, man. He, he's if he comes up on your fight schedule, this is gonna be a rough night. <laughs> it's definitely gonna be a rough yeah, night. It's really but... cool to see him get some love because people have been calling him boring since he got since like the Edwards fight. And I've always found like no, he's so active and so like physically imposing. Like, how's he? Yeah, like. He's clearly winning fights. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he is like, no Colby know. Covington, where he'll just like lay there. He is moving. He is throwing punches like constantly. Nah, people just want to see blood. But well, he he gave him that. If you, if, <laughs> if you've been waiting to see blood from him, he, you you got that uh, last night in very emphatic fashion. So yeah, props to Usman. Definitely can't wait uh, for his next fight. Uh, yeah, dude, dude, he can go nowhere but up. Um, this last fight that rounded out the main card, um, I, I can't comment too much on. <laughs> I was, I was in and out of the room. Uh, Justin Ledet, uh, won a split decision over Azuna Ananwu. If I'm saying that correct, um, all I remember is Ledet's like half perm haircut. <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> like the moments where i would step back in the room i was like what is going on with this guy's hair i, was, <laughs> I mean but from the, the bits i saw it it looked like a pretty cool fight just kind of two heavyweights doing their thing um quick side note uh the reason i was stepping out of the room if anybody for gamers out there the dbz uh fighter z beta uh, was out yesterday, so I, I played that a few rounds. So I was kind of in and out, having fun with that. Pretty dope, just a side note. But um, yeah, this looked like a cool fight. I just I can't comment on it much because I just I didn't really see it. So, but uh, props to Ledet and the hair that he has going on uh, over there. <laughs> Ledet is an under thirty heavyweight getting wins. Like his third win in the UFC, so can't be mad at that. Um, from what I understand, I I didn't see the fight either. I, I saw none of the fight. I was at the theater last night for Golovkin, um, Canelo. So I, oh man, yeah. So I, how much were you? Uh, tickets? Twenty dollars. That's not bad. not bad. I mean, it's better than having to shelve out seventy for like HD. And, and boxing on the big screen is amazing, by the way. Uh, so I wonder, and it's probably a, a terrible comparison. <laughs> I know Bellator one eighty one does not compare. How how was there a crowd? Oh, um, so the night like eight o'clock rolled around. There were like eleven people in the theater. I'm like, oh, there's, I I guess it's just not a ticket seller, or whatever. Because like I'm thinking like a real movie where it, after a certain point they stop letting people in the theater, right? Or like people like don't realize that uh you know they go they go to like when the ticket price says, but by the end of the night I want to say there was like eighty ninety people in the theater. Oh, that's, that's yeah, good. No. That's really good. Yeah, and they were they were hyped for the fight. Like everybody there, like knew who they were rooting for. They were cheering on each punch that landed. 
like from the like the simplest jab, so like the hardest overhand right. Um, like there were like everybody was dead during most of the um, most of the prelim fights. The the only one that got any pop was uh, Diego De La Hoya because oh, because he was like, he if you ever seen him fight, he's a really impressive combination puncher. So he would unleash like these like six punch combinations, and they would they would look harder than they actually were, because he's not that big of a puncher. But yeah, that's yeah, awesome. no, it was really fun. Yes. Like if they if for whatever reason UFC two sixteen, um, is going to be in the theater, I'll go watch that there. I, yeah, oh, and I would encourage uh, guys because this is the I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of fights in theaters. I think the first one I ever went to was Brock and Kane. That and that was a, a really fun. <laughs> that was a, such a fun fight to watch on a big screen. But yeah, like if you guys have never went to a movie theater to watch a, a fight, I, I would definitely recommend it, man. If, if you can get a friend to go with you, it's it's a really fun experience. Like even if it's just you two in the theater, like just seeing it on a big screen, big screen is it's it's amazing. It's really fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that did get a big turnout. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And 21, yeah, that's not a bad, uh, bad ticket price. Um, but uh, back to these fights. Uh, this next fight, unfortunately, I also <laughs> didn't see a lot of. But every time I stepped back in, it looked like something was going on. Uh, Olivier, uh, Aubin Mercier, and Tony Martin. Uh, Olivier won by a split decision. Um, yeah, this fight, unfortunately, I can't really comment too much on because it was kind of in and out as it was happening. Uh, but did you uh, did you nope, catch this one? Still at the theater. Um, from what I understood, it was Martin having trouble with a southpaw, and Aubin Mercier working on his boxing, which he's, if I remember right, has been like the focal point of his offense in those last few fights. Um. Uh, other than that, uh, like I don't got nothing to add to this. Um. Like people really want. Uh, Mercier to be like the next guy for Canada, and it's probably not fair to him. Uh, like, what is he? He is six and two in the UFC. Like, they are really, and it, he's six and two in the UFC. And it's not like he's fighting like the top fight competition. He's fighting um, David Mashad, Tony Sims, Thibaut Gauti, like Drew Dober is pro- and Tony, like Tony Warren and Drew Dober are the best people he's fought in the UFC. Maybe Carlos Diego Ferreira, uh, 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 but Chad LaPriest early in his career. Like, yeah, it's just not. Like, I don't know how to, how to express, like, that Mercedes probably isn't going to be a title contender. Yeah, he. And he's not a bad fighter, but he he kind of it seems like he he's gonna fall in that range of like he's just kind of like, like that middle of the road guy where you you can throw him on a card and it'll be an entertaining fight, win or lose. Uh, but even it, even not gonna. Aubin Mercier has called himself more of a grappler than he has a fighter. Like he 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 fully embraces that. So there'll just be fights where he takes guys down and he's just unable to like pass their guard or do anything with like back control. So. He he might be a solid fighter, but yeah, not unfortunately a lot to write home about. But I don't know. We'll see. Crazier, crazier things have happened. True. <laughs> but um, this next fight, 
24 seconds. <laughs> Daniel Spitz and Anthony Hamilton. Um, really interesting KO to see in real time. I had no idea really what happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to watch the replay. In real time, I had no idea what I just saw. Um, so I'll just skip to the TKO because the fight didn't really last long. But they both threw at the same time. And I thought they both connected. Um, well, Spitz definitely did. <laughs> Close line. So Spitz went... <laughs> like, so they both throw overhand rights. And, like, in real time, all I saw was overhand right, Spitz throws him to the ground, and then just, <laughs> and then just pounds his head in. But upon replay, you kind of see that Spitz, I guess, kind of, like, connects on his temple and kind of shuts him out for a few seconds. And then Spitz just goes in for the kill, pretty much. And, I mean, Hamilton was... I'm not mad at the stoppage. I saw a few people who thought it could have went on a bit longer. I mean, I, I get it. Like, Hamilton seemed like he was kind of getting his wits back about him. But, like, there was definitely a moment where he was out. Like, he was... then didn't really know what was going on. He just kind of woke back up quick. It was kind of one of those moments to where, like, if the ref wouldn't have stopped it, he probably would have woken back up. But, like, in the moment that he called it, it's, he, he was definitely yeah, out. Fine. Yeah, so I wasn't mad at the stoppage, but that's that's a great win for Spitz. Like, 24 seconds, <laughs> you both throw at the same time. You, you hit, right, like you said, you land a clothesline <laughs> pretty much to the temple, and you get some pretty nasty ground and pound, and that's uh that's all she wrote. Heavyweight's getting wins, I'm not... Let me look at Spitz's record. Like I feel like I've seen him fight before, but I just I can't He's remember. He's six and one, I want to say. And who was his USA debut against? Uh, Mark. Oh got God, there. yeah. He lost it. No, I, I remember now. It was, it, yeah, no. Lord, he's six seven. I mean, he is only twenty seven, so I don't know. He he could eventually. Uh. He's got time to get better because you know that the age limit cap at heavyweight is <laughs> like unlimited. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, great, uh, great, great win. Very entertaining KO. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. Um, got anything, or you just want to roll to this next uh, fight, which was um, um, heavyweight MMA is really, really bad. <laughs> that's all I got <laughs> wasn't Anthony Hamilton like the world series of fight, uh, world series of fighting like heavyweight champion at one point was he let's see oh wait he was the um, I remember he was the uh, M MFC heavyweight champion because he beat future champions, Million Rama, by knocking him out with a head kick. Lord. Okay, yeah, 2013. Yeah, he's kind of had a weird UFC career. A lot of just trading wins and losses. And now he's on a, a three-fight skid, which included, uh, I think we mentioned it a few podcasts ago, the uh, Nganu <laughs> Kamora, where Nganu just, just muscled yeah. him. Yeah. And just, ugh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you fight in Ghana, that oh my that just god, Smilian Rama lost to Ronnie Marks. 
<laughs> I didn't know Ronnie Mark still fights. I feel like I haven't heard his name in a long He's out time. Out there laying on people for wins. Hey man, do 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 what you got to do to get. Oh, that shit, beats me, Lopez. Oh man, come back, two K seventeen. Um, these last two fights were both uh had really awesome finishes. Um. Uriah Hall, Christoph Jocko. So, Uriah Hall is one of those guys who I just, I always root for him. Even though I know it's, it's not in my best interest because a lot of times I, I end up on the short end of the stick and I get my feelings hurt. Um, we all know Uriah Hall's story. I feel like I don't really need to, yeah. <laughs> to, go, to go into it. Just supremely athletically gifted really talented fighter who just doesn't always put it together and like right before this fight started <laughs> i tweeted out please uriah hall don't hurt my feelings and he proceeds to get battered in this first round i mean jaco got right in uriah's face and just he, he put a beating on this man it, it was it was bad but I will say, and they mentioned it during the commentary, um, Jocko had rocked Hall pretty bad and had him up against the cage. He was, he was beating on him, but he took him down, and I do think that was a mistake. I, I think he should have, and and not to take away, because even on the ground, he continued the beating. Like, the beating didn't yeah. end. <laughs> he, he took him to the ground and just, just laid wrath upon this man. But um, I just felt like the time he had on the ground, albeit he was he was eating shots, I think it gave him a, just a little bit of time that more time than he would have gotten on the feet to kind of get his wits his wits back about him because he he was definitely hurt. Um, yeah, he he got taken to the ground, he got beat up. He he had one bright moment where um I think at one point the fight had gotten back to the feet and he landed a really good left hand that kind of backed Jocko up. But he still lost the round definitively. Like, he, he got murked. Just Jocko put so much pressure on him. Just didn't let him breathe. Didn't give him room to get off any of his crazy techniques that we know he can do. And then in the second round, I guess, I don't know, I guess Uriah just needed that beating to kind of wake him up. <laughs> remind him that he was in a fight. And then Uriah started to get a bit more aggressive. He opened up more. <laughs> he threw two of those wild spinning back kicks that, you know, didn't land, but... I just thought those kicks showed that all right, this guy he's got his wits back now. Like he's he he's back in the game, and I think Jocko might have gassed a little bit. Like he he definitely spent a lot of energy in that first uh, going oh, for a finish. Like he, like even towards the end of the first round, he was kind of sucking wind. Yeah, like he he was tired, and I think that played to this KO because like right before the KO, I don't know if he was just motioning to like put his hand out or if that was the jab he was throwing but it was just like this real just like kind of lazy <laughs> like hand motion and the second he threw it out he just you know he didn't get his hand back to his face fast enough and Uriah just beautifully countered him with a right hand and like if you just listen to the thud like it was a loud punch I rewatched it this morning and even the I rewatched it on a really crappy 
like re-recording of the fight. And, but even in that crappy like stream I saw, that thud of that right hand was really loud. And he just floored Jocko. And then ground and pound. And then Uriah Hall gets mm -hmm. a win. And That's the thing. <laughs> right. And in a brutal fashion. And it, it was... I, I almost feel bad for Jocko because he was putting on such a good performance. But anytime Uriah Hall wins, <laughs> it, it makes me smile. Because he's just one of those guys that just... I, I want him to win. I want him to do well. But... Sometimes he just gets in his own way, but God, he he, he saved himself from he, he saved himself. He 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 dug himself out of a really deep hole that he was in, and it was it was a brutal KO. It was a brutal KO. So props to Uriah Hall. Um, staying above water, man. <laughs> Three fights good, but he he's staying above water. That's the story of his career, man. He is six yep. and six in the UFC. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, uh, again, every time he fights, I have to mention this for, um, uh, what's the word? J just because I'm, just to expose my bias, I guess, because uh, Uriah uh, trained with my aunt. Uh, like, they were both on the same fight team together. They fought in uh, Chuck Norris's World Combat League together, et cetera, et cetera, so I'm always going to root for Uriah. Um he looked. This was, uh, this was both, this was both like the most typical Uriah Hall performance, and like, the most anti-typical Uriah, uh, Uriah Hall performance. Like, <laughs> he doesn't normally dig himself out of holes. Like once he gets hurt, it, that's when the fight's over, basically. Or once he's in a position where like it seems like he just can't win, the fight is the the other guy's basically won. Because he either loses slow, or he either loses really slow, really, um, like, painfully slow kickboxing matches like he did against John Howard and Rafael Natal, or he, he loses by getting hurt and put away like he did against Brunson and uh, Masasi. Or put, being put in positions where he just can't fight back. And, like, Jacko had him in that position the first round. Like, Hall uses, like, all of his, like, energy to push Jocko off of him from Mount so he can stand up and like finish the round out on his feet. And even then he gets buzzed right before like right before the end of the round. Comes out in the second round, adjust. And the uh, like the best Uriah Hall is the one who comes forward behind the jab and uses his athleticism to land that explosive right hand like off off rhythm. Like, uh, Uriah's whole problem is the same problem Gunnar Nelson has, where, like, they have such a narrow focus on what they want, because they want to fight in a way that is cool to them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they want to, like, like, they want to be, like, in the case of, like, Gunnar, he wants to be the karate kid. And in the case of Uriah, he wants to be, like, the guy from Tekken. <laughs> like and and that's real like they want to get like the highlight reel knockouts they want to fight like they have a very specific way they want to fight and win fights and that, that and that's all well and good like they're great athletes they can get away with that type of thing but at the highest levels of competition you need to adjust you need to game plan you need to 
have an answer for what your opponent is doing to you. And this was a good sign for Uriah, who who realized, I can't float around on the outside. This guy's going to throw that uppercut, and it's going to catch me, like it's done like three or four times already. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come forward behind my jab, just like bring it, really bring it to him, now that he's tired, and I'll catch him with the right hand that I throw off rhythm. If because he like you say he threw that like lazy ass jab or whatever yeah. that Hall countered him on, and that's the best version of Uriah Hall, the the version that fought uh, what's his name, but uh, not Bubba Dylan Andrews uh, in the tough semifinals on the show mm. where he literally just jab 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 like that that is. Uriah's best skill set. He has like an 80 inch reach. Uh, I, I get he want uh, like he can work the spinning kicks and the jumping kicks and stuff into his game by using them to cut people off, as opposed to trying to catch them like on some weird counter while he's moving in reverse. Because the thing that always gets him in trouble is. He will always circle to his right and walk right into a left hook. He did it against Brunson. He did it against Whitaker. He did it early in his career against Weidman. And it, it helps Musasi take him down in their fight. Like Uriah is better than what he's shown. He is a very skilled technical strike uh, kickboxer. But he gives up large portions of the fight trying to be cool. And what oh, and, and oh. What really like what he really showed this fight was that not just his, his ability to dig himself out of a hole. I don't. <clears throat> I was gonna say I don't know if he's um. I don't know what he's like thirty three. Yeah. I think. But so, he, he doesn't have a, mean, like he's been knocked out a few times now. Like, but yeah. he doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. Like he his kickboxing career was mostly just him beating on dudes. Um. His MMA career, like he he took like a, a long ass break really early in his career. Like, it took four years after his first fight. Like, before he got in the UFC, he wasn't fighting all that often. Like now that he's in the UFC, he's been fighting like every like three times a year, except in 2014. But um, now now he's fighting often, and uh, uh, it, it's working out for him. Like I I I I, I think if he takes a lesson from this fight. It's that if he can take a lesson from this fight, that's a good thing. I say, man, if you're going to turn a corner, man, yeah. turn it now. <laughs> Hopefully this can be, I mean, ranking wise, this is, that's a good fight, man. Cause Jocko was, ten. uh, with the rank. I, had I want to say it was like 10 ranking somewhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think they both were ranked, but I think Jocko was ahead yeah. of him. Jacko was ten and the uh, hall was fourteen. Yeah, so you know you get to make a little move up the ladder. Um, middleweight's just a weird division, man. Like I, I know it probably sounds crazy, but I mean if you can get a solid streak, you you can get in that mix of like that upper echelon because you got Jacare who's probably going to be out for some unknown specified time. Um, I mean I guess Rockhold's back looming around the corner. But I mean, who who do you got in front of you 
assuming you jump to ten. All right, you got Brantz who just lost. Where? Um, all right, you do got Gasly. He's lost to like a lot of the guys in the top ten. He lost to Gaslam. Yeah. He lost to Brunson. Lost to Weidman. And he hasn't faced any other. He lost to Whitaker. Oh, right, you got you got Anderson Silva. We can still make this uh, fight. <laughs> hey, if Gaslam doesn't murder Silva, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's let's. I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here, but yeah, man. If if you're gonna turn the corner, Uriah, please do it now. Maybe like, they do the Belfort if fight. If Uriah, and I, oh god, I know this is a stretch. If I could even just see Uriah in a title fight, I I would be ecstatic. And I, I know it's it's a long reach. Yeah, <laughs> but if if it can happen somehow, like I'm I'm rooting for you though. Uriah um, has the I don't want to say luck. He has the gifts, like athletic gifts, to luck him. Yeah, to just basically luck himself into a title shot. Like right. just a couple. Like we saw what he did against Musashi once he got once he had a read on what he wanted to do. So like, if you're right, I could put together like two or three or four of those. But like the problem is, like, is he really going to do it against Yoel Romero and Jacare and maybe yeah. Rockhold? But yeah, it, it doesn't get easier from here. But I don't know, man. He, <laughs> I'm rooting for you. I, I want you to somehow pull off a, mir- a miraculous just run. At, at oh, a I would love it too. Time. Believe me. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. Um. But. Continuing the theme, this is the uh, the last fight of this card uh, of spectacular knockouts. Uh, Gilbert Burns and Jason Sago. Um, I watched this fight, but since this was literally the first fight I saw, I don't remember how much of this fight played out. Um, I just remember the KO in which another <laughs> lazy jab. Yeah, Sago threw a jab. Gilbert kind of just slipped under it, <laughs> threw an overhand right. And um, immediately upon connection, uh, Sago just got sent to the afterlife. And yeah, it was um one of those nasty KOs where your leg bends back. And yeah, it, it was it was over as soon as he connected. Like it was it was just over. Um, and I think they mentioned in um during Burns's camp, I guess that his coaches were trying to tell him to. You know, we know he has a really good ground game, but they were trying to tell him to, you know, have have more faith in your hands. You know, you've been working on your hands. You should, you know, let let him loose a little bit. And yeah, he he let him fly, and he connected, and he got one of the most brutal KOs uh, on this card. So yeah, man, just this card was awesome. So many so many good KOs. But yeah, that's a good win for Burns. That's that's a nice, really nice knockout to. To have when you I'm very room. upset. Gilbert Burns didn't do like his student did, Mister um, when Mister v- uh, Victor Gracie, and when he knocked out Jason Sago, didn't run around the the, the cage screaming jujitsu. <laughs> oh man! But eh, well, he ran. He just yeah, he just didn't scream jujitsu. I think he just ran on the cage. <laughs> he did half of it. <laughs> Oh man, but that that was a nasty. There were just so many nasty KOs on this card. Like everybody who got knocked out, like it was vicious. Yeah. <laughs> like these KOs were just—they were really vicious, man. Um, 
yeah, this, this card was awesome. Like, if, if you... And it, it sucks because this was the same night as Canelo and Triple G. So, uh, I don't know how many people... I'm pretty sure most people picked one over the other. And most people probably picked Canelo and Triple G. Which, From what I can understand, like, there's not... Like, like for us, there's this crossover because... Like, we seek it out, but, like, there isn't as big a crossover as we like to think between, like, boxing and, M- and MMA. I can't remember which card it was. Like, a, a, there was, like, this really huge boxing card uh, on pay-per-view, and the UFC ran a card the same night, and the UFC did about uh, above-average numbers. And I want to say the card did, like, a million-plus, so it was probably a Mayweather card. Like... Maybe, uh, also, you have to figure, like, people are also staying home to watch the fight. Like, so if you're waiting for Canelo Glovkin and you don't want to watch, like, Ryan Martin and Diego De La Hoya and Joseph Diaz, like, you flip over to the UFC waiting until you wait for, like, the, the action to start. Yeah, and the Canelo fight didn't even start. 11 until... o'clock, which, which yeah, is early, is, by the was... way. For boxing, yeah. <laughs> no, just in general, like, like freaking like a UFC pay per view. They, they they started this one two hours early or an hour early, I should say, because most boxing cards start at like nine o'clock. Like, no, I'm not sure how well that plays into like the buy rate or whatever, but like I love it because I got to see Rockhold um, Branch. Like I drove home, got I got home just in time for uh, Rockhold Branch to be on the TV. Yeah, and this. For, for a six-fight main card, this kind of flew by. Probably because everybody yeah. got... <laughs> mostly everybody got finished. But, yeah, this was a really, really, really good card, man. Like, not a lot of star power in terms of names, but you, you got everything everything you could want in in, in a card. You, pr- you pretty much got in this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not mad at all. Um, I guess real quick, we're actually doing a lot better on time. <laughs> it wasn't like as fun as it was. There wasn't a whole lot of meat behind that that card. Yeah. So, also, we're missing two fights. Um, Just to Luke Sanders and uh, Felipe Arantes. It, oh that yeah, was supposed yeah. to go down. Uh, I was, yeah. I was, yeah, I was really. Ah, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. I was kind of bummed that they pulled. Uh, well, I, I get it because it was that, that somebody would have to take in that fight on like a day's notice, but. Yeah, I really was looking forward to see Luke Sanders fight, and yeah, that that fight got pulled. Yeah, so. That was like the second or third most anticipated fight in this car for me. Behind. Yeah, that 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 would have been awesome. But yeah, I wanted to go back real quick to the the main event. Um, so what what do you think they should do with Rockhold next? You think they should do the Wyman rematch man. or? I, I don't want to see Chris Weidman fight Luke Rockhold again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a controversial opinion or not, but uh. I, I'm I'm good for life on that one. <laughs> like, yeah, like we just saw um, Chris Whiteman just got knocked down by uh, a welterweight, a blown up welterweight who who was admittedly very good at um at 185, but still. Yeah, he almost got slipped. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good on that front for now until and, until they're both at 205. When they're at 205, I'm down for the fight. But for right now, I, I'm 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 at peace with Brockhold uh, Weidman. But that's probably the fight they're gonna do, which just sucks. Because I want to see one of the, I want to see um 
Rockhold Romero. I mean, I guess I'm I'm not really mad at either. Um I get it Romero's coming off of a loss. But I just just I guess based on the fact that they haven't fought each other. Title losses get treated differently than um Yeah, than like, like, yeah, like your regular I lost to the number three, four, five guy division, so yeah, uh, Rockhold has some 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 options. I think either of those fights would be good. I mean, obviously with the Wadman fight, I got, you you kind of have a build up now. Like Rockhold's win, like, actually, really they they both come back. They've both gotten wins. What I'd love to see is Rockhold go to two hundred five, and DC go to heavyweight because Cain Velasquez is never coming back. <laughs> Wasn't he not this card? He was in a crowd on one of these last few cards. Oh. So. Uh, Velasquez. Uh, he was probably out. he was probably in Mexico. Yeah, he was out in the crowd in one of those. But yeah, yeah, n- yeah. Nobody knows when he. Oh, uh, it was probably two fifteen because um, Ariel did a whole interview with him and he was they were there last week, so I figure. Yeah. I forgot Machida's fighting Derek Brunson. I forgot hey. thing. Oh man, <laughs> that just reminded me. Um, <laughs> oh god, I don't know if he caught this last night. Uh, so OSP Shogun yes, got pulled. I saw that. <laughs> you saw the replacement, yes. right? Oh my God. Okay, so um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't really know what to say about this fight, but for for better or worse, we're gonna watch OSP, and we get the return of one Yushin Okami. Um, and I think this fight is at two o five, correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just for like. I know a lot of people don't watch PFL or World Series of Fight or whatever the fuck they want to call themselves now. Your uh, Yusho Okami hasn't fought at middleweight in three years. <laughs> he's at 170. Yeah, he's been a welterweight. I don't know how he's even making 170. but <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, those two will lock horns in the main... and. Oh man, that, like, <laughs> this card is not too yeah, far off. Kami, like he lost to John Fitch. Like, oh man, <laughs> and that's that's this that's this Saturday. This <laughs> so by the time you guys listen to this podcast, that this coming Saturday, the twenty third, that that fight's happening. Twenty second. It's twenty. It's twenty third. Twenty third in Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I forgot the whole time zone thing. But um yeah, that that fight's uh happening. Actually this it's not a great card, but there's some some like, Japanese few... cards are really great, but there's always like something weirdly intriguing about them. Oh, we get we get Gokan Saka. Yeah. Like th- like that th- yeah. that's great and weird and awesome. Right. <laughs> we, we get, uh, uh uh Siri Kondo. Oh, get who, for those who don't know, Siri Kondo was the Crush uh, women's champion. I don't remember what weight it was that she won the belt at. And she's also a Pancrase fighter. Uh, she's Yeah, just a Crush women's champion. She's also a Pancrase fighter. And I think she signed a one-fight deal. Because she refused to find a, a, sign a multiple-fight deal because she wanted to continue doing pro wrestling. Which is her number one thing, by the way. Oh, man, you get a... Uh... Naoki and uh and no, he's back on no, the No, he's off. He hurt his knee. Oh, he ate pulled like a week right. or two ago. 
God. Oh Lord, we get a uh, God. Oh, I love talking to Origomi, but uh, he's he's. You know who we do get though? He's a, Oka Sasaki coming off that uh, come from behind submission victory. Oh yeah. <laughs> over over Justin Scoggins. Scoggins, who just can't seem to can't stay up. Put it all together. Yeah, the submission holds. Justin Scoggins can't stop a t- uh, can't stop himself from wrestling. Justin Scoggins. Justin Scoggins oh, we get Scoggins a like four and four in the UFC. By the way, he should be like six and two. Like, <laughs> I feel like the talent, his record doesn't match. Like my eyes tell me, he should be. Much he should have beat Moraga. He should have beat Sasaki. Probably should have beat Ortiz. God. Like he, he's a man who gets in his own way. Hopefully he can he can figure it out. He's really fun to watch when like he's on, but yeah, he just has these moments. Just like, Dude, oh, we God. could be getting another UFC uh, title challenger from Japan if Sasaki wins. Like all the people who beat Formiga end up getting title shots. <laughs> oh man! Oh, we get Claudia Gadelia oh, back Gidele. and versus yeah, Andrade. That's, that's like the that's yeah, like the that's one a... good fight in the card. Oh man, Hung Yu Lim. He's the back. ace. Wait, yes, the ace. Yes, he's the fighting ace. Uh, the the, um, the Daichi Abe, who's Japan's first one seventy prospect, and who knows how long. Uh, Charles Rosa and Mizuto Hirota going on. I feel like this card is. <laughs> I think this card is gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Okazaki alone makes it interesting. Like, yeah. That's um, yeah. That, that's gonna be a weird, not not weird, but uh, no, it is weird. This, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that fight though. Like, if if Saki can string together some wins, I'm, I'm all for it. And oh lord, okay, so I just noticed they, they, they want Saki to win this fight. Yes. They definitely do. I mean, of course oh, they yeah. do. <laughs> So they they pair Saki with a gentleman who was on a three fight skid, uh, and who is overall in the UFC two and three. So um, yeah, I think they're trying to get Saki to send this guy out. Dude, the door. dude, it, it, how dare you f- insult my man, Frank Waston Jr. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> but yeah. what if he wins? Oh man, big win, big. Uh, oh, fuck it! Like he's like thirty-seven years old. It, it, oh, he's like twenty-eight. I thought, yeah, I he's twenty-eight. He like Thirty. Nah, nah, he's he still got some. He still got some solid years ahead of him. I mean, you say solid. <laughs> I, I think brain damage. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see, though. That's that's an interesting. Yeah, is, is this is going to be a Japan card? Yeah, that's all I can say. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be a Japan card in in every sense of the so, word. So just just not just not to um, Bellator one eighty three is next Saturday. Is that all? Patricky and Bendo. Oh boy! Hey, and That's... Paul Daly Lorenz Larkin. It's a good. It's a good. This is gonna be a really telling fight for Bendo, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna. This is. I hate to say it, but I feel like this is this is a make or break. Like, 
if he if he loses this and it's like actually you know I can't even say if it's just a convincing loss. Like I think if he loses this, like that might be it, man. Yeah. Like that that we might have just witnessed the like that's the official stamp. Like this is the fall of Bendo. But and it's Patricky, like. Patricky has the power to put him out. Oh yeah, not not even a question. But um, oh, they got Pico back. And on the he's card. fighting a guy with ten fights again. Yeah. Because they don't. We'll because see. his management doesn't learn. Apparently, they're asking for dudes with like records and stuff. Oh boy. Adam Pick uh Adam Pick I got some solid fights on this uh Dude, they got the Pride killer, Javi Ayala. He murdered Pride. When he murdered Sergey Kuritanov. Kuritanov. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, I didn't know that was that that was him. Fighting Roy Nelson. Oh, we got Roy Nelson over there. It's gonna be an interesting That's the weekend. most jiggliest of the Jiggliweight fights. <laughs> What's his nickname? I can't I mean, if you look like that, wouldn't yours be too? <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be a really interesting weekend of. Wait, there's of something MMA. else next week. And I, I uh, uh, Huey Fury, Oscar Valdez fighting. Uh, Yanir Tortikos. M1 is for next week. And it's gonna Halsey's Brandon Hall's gonna be on it. That's good. That's oh, good they have, they're doing Didn't... the kickboxing thing too. That's why. And they're gonna have Jarena Bars on the undercard uh, on that card. I should say the kickboxing card. Jarena Bars on the undercard. Yeah, the kickboxing part of the card. Huh. she should be on it. People don't know Jarena Bars is an animal. <laughs> she beat Cyborg and. Wait to in line fights for those who forgot. She, bodied, she, she, she destroyed Cyborg in that fight. Yeah, the Jarena Bars is she, she's a beast, man. She is yep. a beast. Um, but coming up on about an hour, almost forty minutes. So I guess we'll get around to uh part and shots and shout out. So um, I'm gonna shout out an entire event, but I want to highlight two specific <laughs> fights in general. Um, this weekend, there were a lot of fights, uh, other than, like, UFC and boxing going on, a lot of, like, regional promotions, things like that, so, uh, Bama 31 was this weekend, um, Mike Shipman and Yannick Bahati, I think this was the co-main event, I want to say this was for the featherweight title, if I'm correct, um, but, uh, either way, one of the most vicious KOs this year, um, Mike Shipman won via spinning back fist. Um, I'm pretty sure you can imagine. Anytime a, a spinning back fist KO happens, it's just it's just nasty. <laughs> so that 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 was a really nasty KO. If you guys get a chance, uh, definitely. I mean, check out this whole card. I, I didn't really get to watch the card per se, but uh, I was seeing highlights on Twitter of it, and it just seemed like every fight somebody was just getting flatlined. So. <laughs> Um, that fight was ended in vicious fashion, and uh, second fight I will highlight uh, Aaron Chalmers and Alex Thompson. Um, I think Thompson, I mean, sorry, not Thompson. I think Chalmers, I can't remember if it was the left hand or right hand, but when I say he knocked him out, like, 
he he knocked him out like soul departed up right upon connection he just floored him so shout outs to bama everybody on bama 31 um that was a, a really I, I saw a lot of violent highlights so it looked like a pretty entertaining card so um yeah shout outs to shout outs to that whole organization and that that card it, it looked pretty awesome for what i saw and yeah i think that's pretty much i, don't, I can't think of anybody else i really want to we want to shout out um shouts out to uh i guess Caleb smith uk uh super middleweight he won his opening uh his opening round for the uh world boxing super series uh beat eric skogan skogan from sweden uh biggest fight uh, biggest one of his career um was a it was a hard fight for him um i think he won like really close on the cards uh and uh shout out to uh guy i had a real one uh shout out to sonia fox um american heavyweight uh she improved to like seven and oh like she didn't fight anybody special but um, with a seven no record, she probably is lining herself up for a fight with um, Alejandra Jimenez, the only uh, women's world champion right now, the WBC women's world champion. Um, and maybe that uh, maybe that gets them on TV here somewhere. I don't know. So just those two. I guess. Um, yeah, as the um, I forgot we just went over it. The, okay, yeah, the next card is the Okami, <laughs> the Okami OSP, so uh, we'll, we'll be covering that. I'm pretty sure we'll have a lot to talk about. <laughs> that's going to be a weird, God, that's going to be a weird fight. I almost hope Okami wins, just because it would just be so That just proved John Fitch is the real light heavyweight champion, like... <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, there's gonna be a lot of interesting, uh, a lot of interesting topics this weekend. So uh, we'll have that uh, definitely coming up. Um, I'll be working on my Samurai Shin review soon, and I'll probably be covering this uh, Daniel Caesar Freudian album, which I've been thoroughly enjoying soon. So for people who listen on the music tip, so lots of stuff happening, lots of stuff going on, plenty to talk about. Um. As always, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, you can listen to us on YouTube, on Google Play. Um, be sure to like the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Serial Sensei. Um, yeah, pretty much all I got for this week. Awesome, 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 awesome weekend of fights. So many KOs and beautiful violence to be watched. So if you happen to miss out, on the fights this weekend, you were out, whatever, whatever. Just go, go back. You gotta, you gotta watch everything, man. It was just so, so much to watch. So many good fights happened. So, but yep. Uh, guess that's about it for today. Thank you guys uh, for listening. I think we covered a lot in pretty good time. <laughs> so, um, as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. Peace.